powerful Word of God can save lives, heal broken hearts, and slap me upside the head when I need it. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, look at your neighbor and slap him upside the head. No, I'm just saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. They lie to slap back. <laughs> That's the only problem I discovered when I slap somebody, they slap back. I can't, I can't get that right. <laughs> I keep saying, no, don't slap me back. Mark reminded me, um, he and uh, their worship pastor and their wives came over and spent the night with Cindy and me and had a nice visit. And he reminded me of a story, and it's true. Uh, he and I were traveling somewhere, and we were alone, and Cindy's always fearful I'm going to fall asleep driving, and uh, for for good reason, because I get tired when I drive. But anyway, I told Mark, I said, hey, look, if I start nodding off, just slap me as hard as you can. And uh, he did. <laughs> and he said, Dad, I probably shouldn't have done that. I said, well, we didn't have a wreck, did we? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's uh, stuck in his memory banks, but... I guess most dads don't ask their sons to smack them upside the head, but anyway. That's the only time he's got to hit me and, and, and live to tell about it. That's right. So we're in a series, Forgiveness, the Real F Word, and um, it's really a tough thing to receive and to give away. Amen? But today I want us to talk about how to forgive ourselves. How can I forgive myself? I read a story that just grabbed my heart. This guy's in uh, LaGuardia Airport up in uh, New York. And uh, he's kind of hustling through the airport. He's afraid he's going to be late for his flight. He comes up to a complete stranger and uh, who's carrying these two really big, heavy-looking black bags and asks him for the time. The stranger makes a big deal about carefully setting down those two big bags. And then he looks at his watch and he says, the time is 6 p.m. In Singapore, it's 12 a.m. The temperature outside is 37 degrees and the barometer is dropping. My stocks went up two points today. Well, this guy's amazed. He says, your watch told you all of that? He said, oh, that's just tip of the iceberg. This watch can tell you so much more than that. Well, the guy was so amazed, he said, you know, I've got to have that watch. I'll pay you $1,000 right now for that watch. Well, it's not for sale. But the guy wanted the watch. He said, I'll write you a check right now for $5,000 if you'll give me that watch. He said, no, you don't understand. I made this watch as a gift for my son. And he's graduated from college and I'm taking it to him right now. But I really want that. I will give you 10 thousand dollars if you'll give me that watch and so the guy thought about it and he thought ten thousand dollars okay it's a deal so the guy writes out the check hands him the ten thousand dollar check and the guy hands him the watch he puts on the watch on his wrist and he seems to be very satisfied and he turns to walk away and the man who had the watch originally said hey whoa whoa whoa, whoa just a minute and he reaches down and he grabs those two heavy black bags and he says don't forget the batteries. <laughs> you see, all of us at one time or another have fallen into some trap. We think that we're making a good decision in our personal life, in our relationships, in our careers. 
But we don't see the hidden catch. We don't see the hidden baggage. We don't see the hidden consequences of our choices. No one intentionally sets out to make a decision knowing that it's going to create a lot of emotional baggage for them to carry. I mean, nobody sets out to do that. Where you have feelings of guilt and regret and shame and disappointment as a result of that decision. We don't make decisions knowing that. Unfortunately, we also don't see it coming until it's really too late and we end up with emotional baggage which so many people carry around for the rest of their lives. The majority of the time we pick up unwanted baggage when we step outside God's will for our life. God has a perfect purpose for our life. And the Bible says that there are always consequences when we step outside what God wants best for us. I'm wondering what some of those might be. For instance, disappointment over missed opportunities. Another one, regret over past mistakes. Another one, lost dreams. Another one, guilt. There's another one called shame. Another one called fear. Another one called self-loathing. A lot of us carry around baggage. And some of the baggage that we carry around may fit in one of these seven areas. But the solution, the only solution, is forgiveness. Last week we learned what forgiveness from God was like when we looked at the parable of the prodigal son. If you weren't able to be with us uh, and you have an internet access, you can go to rocjinx.org and there will be a little button at the top that says Pastor Harold Speaks. Just click on it and the sermons come up and you can click on the one you want to listen to. If you have a hard time falling asleep at night, just plug that right in. It, It shouldn't take you right out. But I encourage you to listen to those. But our lesson was how God forgives us. God will forgive us no matter how far we've run away from Him. Have you experienced that in your life? Can you say amen? You bet we have. In fact, Ezekiel 33.16 is our verse that we um, talked about earlier. And it says, none of their past sins will be brought up. How often? Again. And we're never going to bring them up? Well, I like that. I like it when somebody doesn't remember my past. Amen. Because <laughs> I remember plenty of it. But I'm grateful when those who know me and know my past, let it go. Let it go. Because we all have one that we just soon forget. And I love how God forgives. He forgives as though it never happened. We, on the other hand, have a difficult time forgiving ourselves. We say we do, and we say we will, but we struggle and have a difficult time with that. There's a guy in the Bible that really helps me, and maybe you could identify with him like I have, and that's the guy named Peter. Any of you feel like Peter sometimes? <laughs> Open mouth, insert foot, make a brag and I won't follow through. That's old Peter. He was really good at it. 
He was a fisherman by trade. He was very uh, straightforward in his speech. <laughs> uh, he would just say it before he thought about it, and out it came. Damage control after that, oftentimes. But Jesus turns to Peter and he says something to him that really kind of hurt his feelings. He says, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. And Peter, oh, he was, no way. He was offended by that. He said, man, I'm, I'm going to go down to the very end with you. I'll, I'll go to, I'll die for you, Jesus. Well, you and I know what happened. He's kind of walking around after Jesus died on the cross and He's walking around and people start saying, hey, aren't you one of those Galileans? Hey, weren't you with Jesus? And three different times that was brought up and three different times he said he didn't know who he was. In fact, our next verse in Matthew twenty-six seventy-five, it says, as soon as he did that, suddenly... Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows. You will deny me three times. And he went away doing what? He went away crying bitterly. Shame. Guilt. It grabbed him. Just like it grabs us. Shame and guilt will grab you. Amen? And it will flip you around. It will toss you around. You're talking about slap you upside the head. It will slap you upside the head. In Jesus' desperate moment, Peter was denying him. Denying that he even knew him. But he immediately felt regret and shame and guilt. Now God would be able to forgive Peter. But the bigger question is, would Peter be able to forgive himself? Because there's times when we will brag to God about what we're going to do for God. And it don't follow through. You see, in our lives, our issue may not be that we denied the Son of God. It may be that we made a mistake in a relationship and now we feel guilty. It may be that we missed a God's opportunity in a career and we feel regret. It may be that we lived our life so far outside of God's will and God's best for our life that now we're feeling shame It's not an issue of whether you were forgiven by God. You are always forgiven by God when you ask Him for it. But the harder question is, will you be able to forgive yourself? Today I want us to look at four necessary requirements for forgiving ourselves. Number one, we must come to God for forgiveness. Come to God for forgiveness. Now I always hated it when I had to go to my dad and ask, for forgiveness or ask for anything, I would have hated to do it, especially if I had done something wrong. Because usually it was accompanied by a lecture, of which then following the lecture was some form of punishment, which usually was not a very pleasant experience either way it went. Because it would be it would be profane in speech and hurt you from the other side. <laughs> He would always say, God put that patent on the backside for a reason. I said, but not for what you think. And that really wasn't a very good thing to say anyway. Because then it usually cost me more. Amen. So I did learn after a few of those to keep my mouth shut. But you've got to, first of all, come to God for forgiveness. Forgiving myself requires that I come to God and I seek Him in that. And coming to God for forgiveness is the most important step that we can take to learn to forgive ourselves. And you see, God's forgiveness is complete 
and unconditional. And I love that, don't you? As bad as you can be, God's love for you is complete and unconditional. All you've got to do is turn to Him. All you've got to do is, is, is just turn. Just glance at Him. If you'll glance at Him, He'll, he'll come to you. Amen? He'll bring all the love to you. Do you think God forgave Peter? Well, I have no doubt. But I'm sure that Peter was struggling. I mean, look at Mark 16. This, this happened on Easter, Easter morning. Jesus had been buried. It's the third day. and They looked inside the grave. It's empty. The angel says, Do not be surprised. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they laid His body. Now go and give this message to His disciples. And how does it end? Including Peter. He includes the fact that He wanted Peter to know, I want you to know that I've risen. So, underline that like I have. Underline including Peter. Because the angel specifically told the women to tell Peter. Jesus wanted him to know that, man, I've forgotten it. I've forgiven you. Let's get on with it. Come on, I've got gifts. You've got gifts I need. You've got skills I need. I've got people that need to be talked to, and you're the only one that can do it. Come on, Peter. Come on, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. I was worried about our game last Friday night. We were playing an undefeated team from the western side of the state. Been putting up 40 points a game. How? I went up to Coach Trimble looking for some confidence. And I looked at him and he goes, man, my stomach's flipping every way it can go. He said, I'm so nervous. I don't know what I... I thought, wait a minute, you're the head coach. You can't be acting that way. Well, thank the Lord. It was a tough game. And then they got off the bus. (laughs) What was it, 51 to nothing? 41 to nothing? Might as well have been 51. Could have been 101. They didn't even score a point. I love it. You see, it's just the way it is when we come to God. We come nervous. We come anxious. We come wondering if we're going to have a victory. And then, all of a sudden, we get in His presence and we ask Him. And what does He do? Picks us up. Picks us up. He said, get up off the floor. Come on. Come on. I've told you about my dog. My dog was a rescue dog, and we've had her for a long time. And still, she still is real shy and just, you know, she, she, she kind of goes away when you come up to her. But now what I say to her is I say, Ain't, I say, Lizzie, raise your head. Raise your head. And I've watched her. She'll, she'll start to raise up just a little bit like that. And I'll put my hand under her chin, and I'll say, raise your head, raise your head. Because you see, we've all got to be encouraged. We've all got to be encouraged. So Jesus is looking down at you and me and He's going, raise your head. Raise your head. Everything will be alright. Everything will be alright. And there's five characteristics of God's forgiveness. First of all, God gives, forgives specifically. It's those few sins in our life that we know about that cause the guilt, that cause the shame, that cause the regret. But God He can specifically get rid of all of it and take care of it. Amen? All you got to do is get it to Him. you got to take it to Him. He can't do anything until you do that. The second one is that He he forgives instantly. I love that part. Done. Next. 
<laughs> I love that. Thirdly, He forgives completely. Fourth, He forgives repeatedly. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has no limits. Go ahead and tell him. See, God can forgive you over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and He still does all the time. And then fifthly, He forgives freely. There's no cost to it. There's no cost. He just gives it to you. Now, I like that. I like that. I like to go in and sit down at a restaurant and I get ready to pay and somebody says, somebody done paid for your, paid for your meal. Whoa, man, that's alright. I like that. Doesn't happen that often, but hey, when it does, it's exciting, isn't it? So, God's forgiveness is specific, instant, complete, repeated, and free. Only God can offer that kind of forgiveness. You will never be able to forgive yourself until you first experience God's great forgiveness. What Paul says in Colossians 2. He has forgiven all of your sins. He has utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. Amen? Oh, I love the way that's put. Underline that phrase. Nail it to the cross. Jesus settled the issue of forgiveness on the cross. He took care of it. But until we recognize that we're com- and understand that we're completely forgiven by God, we're never able to offer that forgiveness to ourselves. So, i got to come to God for forgiveness. That's number one. Number two, we've got to forgive. Forgiving myself requires changing my pattern. Changing my pattern. Peter made some significant changes in his patterns of life when he received God's forgiveness. Just seven weeks, seven weeks after denying Jesus three times in the courtyard, Peter is teaching about Jesus to a massive crowd in Jerusalem. Just seven weeks later, Peter's teaching about Jesus. Over 3,000 people became believers for the very first time beginning the church. Later, because he kept teaching with another disciple named John, he and John were arrested and brought in front of the Jewish high council and they were warned not to teach or speak about Jesus in public anymore. Or else. Or else. Acts 4.13 The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus Would you underline boldness of Peter? Boldness of Peter. This was the same guy who seven weeks before had denied, had been so cowardly, had denied knowing Jesus to the little slave girl in the courtyard. Same guy is preaching in front of a multitude. Wow. Just seven weeks. Seven weeks. Later at the end of Peter's life, He's crucified, but he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus, so he said, would you do, I want to go upside down. So you might be thinking to yourself, now wait a minute. We're talking about forgiving myself, and if I'm going to be able to forgive myself, do you say I have to change so radically as Peter did? Well, if that's what you're saying, I can't do that, preacher. Well, here's the good news. You don't have to be, you don't have to, because remember, forgiveness is unconditional. There's no conditions to forgiveness. 
But unless you begin to change some of the destructive patterns in your life that are the source of the baggage, the source of the guilt and shame in your life, you'll never be able to forgive yourself completely. You've got to change some patterns. If I want to lose weight, I've got to quit eating like I always eat. See, that's that simple. Can't eat like that. I need grilled foods instead of fried food. Fried food's better, not because it's better, it's because it smells better, and I like the bread that's all around it. Yeah, that's why. When there's a good south wind, I love the fall and winter because the north wind blows more. It blows that fry smell on down the street that way. The First Baptist, they get it. But during the summertime and the springtime and the southern wind blows, it comes up here. And so I stay in the church building. If I go outside, it's the first thing I smell as soon as I walk outside. I can pick that smell out of the air. Amen? It's like when you go to Silver Dollar City. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You smell all those smells, don't you? State fair. You don't go to the fair for the rides. You don't go to the fair for... You go to the fair to walk the midway and carry a turkey leg as big as a horse leg. That's what you do. And you walk around chewing on it like, a, like Conan, you know. I know why you do that. But you see, God will forgive you completely. And you might say, well, what if I keep keep asking for forgiveness for the same old sin over and over again? Well, you know, God will forgive you. He'll keep forgiving you. Even when you ask, He'll forgive you. But you need to understand, it's yes and no. Because if you come insincerely, then God's going to have a tougher time. Because we don't really mean it. We don't really mean it. God wants to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He stands in line to forgive. He's got it all opened up for us to to be forgiven. But because of addictions, because of habits that have been uh, established in our lives, we have a difficult time forgiving ourselves. But He stands ready if we'll but let Him. If we'll but let Him. And I say no, yes and no, because no... It's because we become numb and we become dull of hearing about that particular prompting of the Holy Spirit. I call it callous. How do you get a callous? It's you keep rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and pretty soon dead skin forms, dead skin forms, and you've got a callous. And you can't feel anything anymore, can you? Because that spot is dead. Same thing with sin. Same thing with sin in our life. If we don't deal with it and, and, and accept the forgiveness that God is ready to give us for that area of our life, then we numb it. And we can't feel it anymore. So there's a real danger if you keep doing the same old thing, same old pattern, you've got to change the pattern. You've got to change the pattern. Studies show that patterns you sow in life will impact your family up to four generations into the future. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. That's amazing. The patterns you set in your life have incredible consequences. The Bible backs that up in Exodus. God tells the Israelites that if they obey Him and do what He uh, has told them and establish good patterns in their life, that He'll bless them for generations. But if they set bad patterns, if they disobey Him, that third and fourth generation, that would be they'll be separated from God. You see, grandparents can make such a difference. Ran across a great story about a man named Jack Moore. Jack Moore was an alcoholic. 
If you know anything about children of alcoholics or grandchildren of alcoholics, you know that there's a, there are patterns that are developed because of the abuse that sometimes happens. There, there was abuse in this particular family, but Jack Moore, halfway through his life, accepted Christ into his life and received the forgiveness of God. He put down the bottle. He never picked it up again from that day when he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Then he actually left the construction business that he was involved in and went into ministry full time. He became a pastor and he, he then pastored small churches and he would build those churches literally and build pastors' homes who were poor. And he did that for the rest of his life. He began to change his priorities and set positive patterns in place. And as a result, everybody in his extended family now knows God. Everybody goes to church and knows the importance of going to church. You see, setting those patterns for future generations can have all kinds of impact. If you have a temper problem or you argue all the time or you've got addictions in your life, guess what? You don't handle conflict right, guess what? It's going to visit you on down the line in the generations yet to come. But the good news is that when God forgives you, when God enters your life, He gives you the power to see the destructive pattern, gives you the power to remove it, and to replace it with positive patterns. Philippians chapter 2, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. First requirement necessary to forgive ourselves is to receive the forgiveness of God. Second one is to recognize and try to break free of the destructive patterns in your life. And then number three, we need to forgive myself. Forgiving myself requires creating a new future for myself. <clears throat> now you might be thinking, well, that's kind of presumptuous so that I, that, to say that I can create a new future. Well, with God's help you can. With God's help you can. Now you alone can't. But with God's help, you can. You can do so so much more. So much more. Matthew 16, uh, Jesus tells Peter, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. He said that prior to him saying, you're going to deny me three times. So he was building positive things into Peter's life. He knew Peter's potential. Despite the mistakes and despite the faults that were yet to come, he knew the potential. He knows the potential in you. He knows the potential in me. We've just got to let him have that potential and see it. Give it to him. Oh, give it to him. Because Peter became a central figure in the creation of the first century church. It's the only organization, the church is the only organization that's going to last for eternity. Do you realize that? Never get rid of the church. It'll always be in, in force. Oh, it may not meet like this, but the church is you. <laughs> and there's going to be somebody still here. When the rest of us are dead and gone, somebody's going to be here. But if we don't tell them, if we don't tell them, then they'll die. And he'll die. So we've got to tell them. See, I'm already, I'm already breathing it into my young grandson who's two years old. I want him to be the next preacher. Some of you call him little preacher just because of the way he carries himself around here. That's fine with me. We need more of them. Amen? Turn them loose. You never know what's going to happen. But nothing you can do can limit the plans that God has for you. He's waiting. He's waiting to make it really happen in your life. And then number four, God has a purpose for my past. 
Now you might say, preacher, that sounds kind of funny. See, we all come to Jesus with broken bones, wounds, hurts, and past mistakes. We all come like that. You don't come healed up, do you? You don't come healed up. You come with a broken past. You come with brokenness in your life. You come in need of healing. Amen? And when you get there, what do you find? A loving Savior who's got His arms open wide. And He's ready to embrace us, love us, lift us up, and remove all the hurts. Heal all the past. Heal all the pain. He's ready to do it. But He can't do it if we won't let Him. In fact, Paul talked about that in 2 Corinthians. He said, God said, my gracious favor is all you need. He'd been praying for God to lift the, the, the thorn from His flesh. But he says, my power works best in your weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may work through me. That's what I love about Bryant's testimony. What did he tell that girl from, from uh, Fox 23? He said, I'm, I'm going through this because... God's going to have a blessing. God's going to do something great. And He already is. You don't know the countless numbers of people that Bryant's life is going to touch more now from being a coach, but now going through this health thing. And look what God's going to do. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Are you wondering how God could use you? Are you wondering how the baggage that you carry, how could he ever get rid of that baggage? Coming to God for forgiveness with God's help, changing our pattern from destructive pattern to positive pattern, opening ourselves to an unlimited future that God has for us. Commit to use our past experiences to help others who are going through the same things. (coughs) That's one road we can choose. Or we can choose the road to carry the baggage for the rest of of our lives. You see, we gotta remember that God had a Hall of Fame. And in God's Hall of Fame, He used some most unlikely people. Moses was a murderer and had an anger problem. David was an adulterer and a murderer, yet God made him a man after His own heart. Jonah ran away from God. God brought him back in <laughs> an unusual way. Paul persecuted and murdered Christians, yet God used him to become the greatest evangelist and church planner of the history, in the history of the world. Peter, he denied Jesus, but then God turned right around and used him to become a central figure in founding the church of the first century. You see, God's adding to His Hall of Fame all the time. You might be next. You might be next. But you'll never be next if you don't surrender to Him. On the back of your connection card, this is something I wanted you to do. That's the reason I asked you to hang on to it. On the back of your connection card, I want you to do something for me. You might be carrying around baggage, guilt, shame, disappointment, regrets. What I want you to do on the back of that card, if you're willing to do this, is to just put your initials. Anywhere, I don't care where, anywhere on the back of that card. And the reason I want you to put your initials is, what you're saying by doing that is, today, today, I'm committing 
whatever it is that I'm carrying around, I'm committing that back to God. I'm, I'm tired of carrying it. I'm tired of messing with it. I'm ready for God to handle it. So I don't know what it is in your life. But if you're willing to do that, whatever it is, and you don't have to put on there what it is. I don't want to know that. I just want you to put your initial, and that's going to give me an opportunity to pray for you, whatever that is this week during my prayer time. There's one day a week that I pray for all of you. I go through a director and I pray for you. I lift you up to God. And I don't always know what's going on in your life. A lot of you I do. But I can still pray for you. And so by putting your initial there, what you're saying is that there's a there's a there's something in my life, God, that I'm willing I'm willing to give up, and here it comes. I'm just gonna give it up. I'm tired of carrying it, tired of the baggage. You see, it can be that simple. It can be that simple. Because our God is fully able to lift that burden, amen. Our God is fully able to bring forgiveness in your life. Amen. Our God can do immeasurably more. In fact, in Romans 8, 1, it says there is no condemnation for those who live in union with Jesus Christ. No condemnation. If you're in union with Christ, if you're connected to Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation for you or for me. Isn't that awesome? The world's going to condemn you, but God's not. God's not. So the question of the hour is, are you ready to let loose of that baggage you've been carrying a long time? Today would be a good day to do it. It's a little simple thing. Just put an initial on the back there if that's something you want to do. Let's pray together. Father, I ask you that you'll come into the hearts of the people in this room. I don't know all the emotional baggage, and I don't know where they need un- where they need forgiveness, and maybe they're carrying unforgiveness. I don't know the guilt, the shame, the disappointments that the fears that they carry around, the regrets. I don't know what those are in this room, but I know they're here. So we're asking God today to forgive us of the specific sins in our life that are weighing us down. Forgive us instantly, completely and freely. Help us to break free of the destructive patterns that are in our life. Help us to experience the future of hope and potential that You have for us. Help us, Lord, to forgive ourselves and to lay down the baggage that we've been carrying for so long. Some have put initials on the back of that card. Would you honor that? That step towards you? Would you honor that? And Father, I'm going to ask them to pray silently to just give that to you. They don't need to say it out loud, but would they just take a moment and pray silently to give that to you, Father? And Lord, I want to thank You for forgiving them and for forgiving me. I realize that I've been carrying around baggage of my past sins. and You've already forgiven me of those. God, could I trust You more with my past as well as my future? And so today, Lord, I'm going to forgive myself. And could others join me? In Jesus' name, amen.